Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the Facebook, at In the 608. Hi there, I'm Adam Elliott, former Madison radio personality. And I'm Ben Anton, current Madison real estate broker, and landlord. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608. It's a podcast where in each episode we bring in a guest to talk real estate with us. Enjoy things like the top of the hour tip from our friends at Lower Realty Group. Yeah, we'll recap the highs and low sales in Dane County from the market update with our good friend Asher Bacino. We're going to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. One of those folks, Phil Plord, smarter than us, definitely qualifies. I think it's on his name badge. Uh, president of Blimling and Associates Division of Dairy.com. He'll take a look at beyond the 608. In between the features and the smart people and us rambling on, we feature local music and little tidbits from artists right here in the 608. What's going on in the program this month, Ben? This month, we're kind of, we're getting a little bit real estate adjacent. It's near the holidays, and I thought maybe we'd bring in some like good cheer and talk about ways yeah. to, to help others uh, around, around the holidays. We're going to visit with John Cobb, who will join us from St. Vincent de Paul. As I moved recently, <clears throat> uh, St. Vincent de Paul got a lot of my stuff, or that is to say, they helped take a lot of my stuff, so I didn't have to move it myself. That and, was... Uh, <laughs> one of the things one of the things we'll talk about is they're they're like literally like the guy we're talking to he runs the whole thing which includes the trucking division what's been going on since last night um so the highlights uh sometimes the cobbler's children have no shoes and that also means that the landlord does not have an updated bathroom and oh, no. and I have been nursing a tub drain that barely worked for months. My daughter. Is this your house? You're saying this is my house in Mona's house, okay. second okay, floor bathroom, okay. only corner of the house that has yet to be remodeled. Everything else <laughs> is done except that bathroom. That is my bathroom. Lola, Lola prefers to travel down two flights of stairs so that she can use her bathroom in the basement. Yes, which is nice yeah. and nice and new. But I, w- I, had, I had tried every trick to clear this tub drain, and I needed to call in the big guns. It was a little embarrassing. I, I literally had to have Roto-Rooter here to clear my drain. <laughs> well, well, sometimes when it's that line that goes all the way out to the street. It's it wasn't, it wasn't though. This was, this was, <laughs> no, I could, because, because when, you, when you know your house a certain way and you've been intimate with the, pl- intimate with the plumbing, I could tell you exactly where the plug was, and it was in a four-foot section of pipe. But my oh, little wow. snake, my little snake was not, and my little snake could go past it and through it, but it was not enough to break it up. Well, that's so, uh, so they had that's to bring. You got to call the big guys. They had to bring in what was called the Model Eighty One, 
which was like a small version of the one they send out to the street pipe. Like the street pipe, they say, well, we ran the four-inch blades, right? We ran the Mm -hmm. four-inch auger that's literally as big as the whole inside of the pipe. That's what they had to do for my one-and-a-half-inch pipe upstairs is run this this giant auger because – Tooth, and it would have been in the toothpaste soap section of the pipe. The ru- the rusty insides soap the and toothpaste rusty. section. I got you. So no anyway, way. but um, and I guess aside from so that was that was a big excitement thing. Like, but don't don't feel bad if you ever have to call those people because no, because even I had to, and I have all sometimes the tools. You, sometimes you got to get by with a little help from your friends, right? Yes, but uh, the tiny house on La Follette is continuing to come along. It's starting to look really sexy with all kinds of can lights and, and, and electrical. Um, and then today, today got new flooring, a luxury vinyl plank in the uh, the house in Monona. So like a, a lot of progress happening at both of my projects, which means that soon they will be filled with people and love. Uh, looking forward to our conversation with John Cobb, right? Yes, a West High graduate. Eric Fleming, our former radio co-star, or not co-star, but... Shout out to Eric. Yeah. Shout out, you know, to Eric. Uh, he called us, and he says, hey, love the podcast. You gotta have my guy John on there to talk about all the great things we're doing at St. Vincent's. You see, he no longer... Uh, a slave to the corporate radio overlords <laughs> has found a comfortable has found a comfortable position working for St. Vincent de Paul in their communications department, and that's how he hooked us up with John. Oh, that's good. If I'm also familiar with Eric, he's comfortable on the acoustic guitar and plays around town every day. Yeah, he so. goes he goes by a, is it Eric Joseph? Does he have a little bit of a pseudonym for that? I think he needs to get us a CD so we can drop him in between some of our tidbits. <laughs> that's so that's kind of been what's going on, and I too looking for to our time with John. First, let's take a break and we'll be back with Asher and the top of the hour tip. Hello, Liz Lauer here, owner and broker at Lauer Realty Group, a small but mighty real estate firm in the Madison market. Please tune in and enjoy the conversation and information shared from this podcast as it offers insight into the Madison real estate market and handy tips for homeowners from remodeling, interest rates, market conditions to the do's and don't evers. So sit back and enjoy the banter and have a good time. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. This is Asher Messino, and I'm here to tell you to make sure to donate to the Goodman Center's Thanksgiving Drive. Lauer Realty Group is matching donations up to $10,000, and we have a lot of community members in need this year. You might head over to LauerRealtyGroup.com. It will be one of the prominent links displayed on the front. Um, it follows some simple instructions that take you to the Goodman Center's website. Uh, a little clicking here, a little drop-down menu there, but your donation of any amount, um, well, I suppose unless you unless you just drop down ten grand. Um, <laughs> but the boss lady Liz Lauer, our guest last month, will match that donation uh, up to ten thousand dollars this year. So a lot of your money going even further. Um, uh, after after some help from the Lauer Realty Group. In with us now, the top of the hour tip, agent to the stars, Asher Messino. Hey, Ben. Hello, Asher. All right. So the tip I have for you this month is that 
Right now, interest rates are super volatile. So if you are looking for a house right now, whether it's serious or casual, or you think you're going to be looking early next year, it is in your best interest to be checking with multiple local lenders on what rates they are offering and communicating with your realtor. So personally, I'm planning on checking in with lenders very, very frequently because right now we are seeing a wide range of rates that local lenders are offering. Yeah, and you're telling me that in the same in the same week, you saw a difference uh, of as much as half a point. That's half a percentage. Uh, or like a you know six point five to seven or seven to seven point five uh, between two two different lenders, which is a little uncommon. And two different local lenders. So if you have a buyer who's using a big national bank, they might have even been a full point apart from what our lowest local lender was offering. All right. So pay attention to the rate. It's changing, and it could be different at different banks every week. Yep. All right. Thank you. Yep. Top of the hour tip. Delivered, signed, sealed. Thank you, Asher. You're welcome. John Cobb is our guest today. John Cobb knows St. Vinny's from the inside and out and has worked at almost every level of the organization. He has worked his way up from donation attendant through the management ranks at several stores, managed the processing center for six years, and now on up to the director of retail operations where he oversees seven Dane County retail stores, the processing center, and the trucking department. He's married with two kids, owns a home in Sun Prairie, a home purchased in 2021 after seeing 55 homes and writing 10 offers. He's a, he's a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. And he also loves paperweights and tattoos. But is he fun? How do we find out if he's fun, Asher? We play a game, Ben. A Madison history and environs game we like to call... The way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be. There used to be. Used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. The way it used to be. We're going to start here. Here, originally opened as the Wisconsin School for Girls in June 1941. It is listed as a historical site in the State Historical Society Register. Name Madison's or the Madison area's only minimum security prison. Oh, kill correction. That is correct. Whoop, let me get a, that bell. There we go. We <laughs> ring the bell for every correct answer. We'll hope to hear it three times for thee. <laughs> that was an easy one. Luckily, I had my tour at Oak Hill that got Yeah, me going. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> this is why. This is the point in the program where we explain that you don't know that answer because you spent time there. Yeah. But you know the answer to that question. Unfortunately, I've been there a few times. Yeah. <laughs> because you managed some people who were working for St. Vincent's. Because yep. St. Vincent's. Mm-hmm. 
offering job opportunities to some folks that were there. Yeah, yeah. No, um, not necessarily recent graduates of the program. No, actually, um, and back in 2019, uh, we were struggling with some labor um, issues at our processing center. And then in which case, um, I had actually reached out to Oak Hill Correction and said, hey, you guys have this work release program. I'd like to start a partnership. Met with the warden, the director of security. Before I knew it, um, we were all meeting and signed off on a few guys. And the way it works is that um, these guys are actually currently incarcerated and they work for us. Um, they come in uh, the, uh, the Oak Hill brings them to us in a van they drop off for their shift. We treat them like average employees. They get the same benefits as, as anybody else. They're paid the exact same as our uh, regular employees. Um, we treat them no differently um, and then they stay with us until they're released and then once they're released they have the option of keeping their job. So it's kind of a big benefit as far as when they get out they can say that they've had a job for the last year and they've had experience working for St. Vincent de Paul and they can call a supervisor and not somebody that's in corrections. Yeah. Um, but also, um, or they can keep their job and relocate to the area and start fresh, which has actually um, kind of been a reoccurring thing for us, which has been really great. Did any of us know that it was once the Wisconsin School for Girls? I learned that at my tour when I first went there. Um, and once we started going around to all the different housing units, um, once we got to the gymnasium area, I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> and then they started explaining that this was an old um, girls' school and uh, kind of explained how all the different buildings worked to accommodate that. And now it's transitioned into Oak Hill Corrections. Well, there you go. All right. Rung, rung the bell once. Here's number two. What local pizza franchise takes its name and frontman character from inspirations as diverse as early FM radio sketch comedy... The Beatles, and Mad Magazine. Oh, that's got to be Rocky Rococo. You have got to be correct. <laughs> uh, Firesign Theater, the early FM radio troupe that uh, introduced a Rocky Rococo-like character. The name also uh, parallel Rocky Raccoon. That's the Beatles tie-in. And the dress comes from Mad Magazine's White Spy, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with the Spy versus Spy franchise. Uh, it was uh, Wayne Mosley and one other Madison uh, resident. I can't remember oh, his I name. Oh, I think I should know this. Yeah. Wayne was, uh, was a client of mine when I sold radio advertising. Cool. I didn't know that. That's why I don't know the other guy. And John Peterson, with a D... Passed away in 2016. He was the character that, like, that was he was he was Rocky. He yeah. was Rocky Rococo. The yeah. first time we met uh, was again at that at WMMM, and he said, "Nice earrings, kid." <laughs> I was a much younger, younger fellow back then. This is 20, <laughs> 25 years ago, I suppose. Sure. But yeah, and the earrings were maybe a bit forward for him at the time. But there we go. Bell rang twice. One more opportunity. Again, a, a food-themed question, so I hope you like to eat. Formerly a Taco Bell, Madtown Fried Chicken and Fish is now home to some of Madison's best fried chicken. An eight-piece leg and thigh combo costs $10.49. This is the first math question we've had <laughs> on the way it used to be. How many pounds of clothing can you buy next door? <laughs> At the dig and save for the same price. That's ten forty nine. <laughs> uh, just under ten pounds if you're going to factor in the tax. 
I didn't, so I was at seven pounds. Six point nine nine pounds for the bargain basement price of ten dollars and forty nine cents. I'm gonna ring the bell for you, John. Played it safe. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break for the market update with Asher and look at this month's high and low sales. I meet with buyers for the first time. I go through a little presentation and at the end it says, unpack all your boxes when you move in and then borrow a ladder. So that borrow a ladder thing is like kind of a metaphor. What it means is that I enjoy not only helping people buy their houses, but helping them live in their houses and learn how to be better at living in the house. The same better that I try to help you with each month on the podcast. So here's an invitation. If you are planning on buying a house or selling a house, look me up. Head over to benanton.com. Maybe sign up for my newsletter under the read tab. That is what I like to do the most is help. The podcast, the newsletter, those are just some of the ways I've found to help. So do you want that help? Look me up. You want a little help in between? Listen to the podcast, sign up for the newsletter. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. It's time for the market update. Asher, what's been going on out there? Hey, Ben. Hello. Well, not a whole lot. <laughs> it's it's our slow time of the year. We have fewer closings, fewer listings, and fewer buyers. That seems to be the case for me, too. I have been able to make a lot of progress on my two empty houses, and uh, and I've not been distracted or called to duty to do much else as it relates to sales. Yeah. I mean, I, I have listings and I have buyers, but it's just really slow. And there are homes that have been sitting on the market for a little bit. So now is actually a great opportunity to purchase if you want to avoid that early springtime competition that will hit us about mid-January. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you were waiting for that opportunity to get an inspection. Right. Or, you can get an inspection right now. Or buy a house not with competition or maybe not as much competition. Now's, now's a great time to do that. Um, in looking at the highs and the lows, I pull up all the single family sales in Dane County for the last 30 or so days. And this month was a very low number in the, in the mid 300s. Can you tell me a little bit about the low and the high? Well, the lowest we have was sold for 120,000 in Stoughton. Yeah, and that was and that was listed at 165. Listed at 165 was on the market for almost 2 months. Um, was a cash purchase, um, which actually it seems to me like it probably needed to be a cash Needed to or, be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was sold as is. Looking at the pictures, it needed a lot of work. It did kind of have a certain aesthetic to it. Like, it looked, if you were going <laughs> to make a movie about an old house. Like a horror movie. <laughs> well, it was very well lit. But yes, but yes, it was like, this house is, is perfectly aged. It's this got be, all these things. Curious little features. This is the perfect house to get murdered in. Exactly. But dim the lights <laughs> just a little bit. But again, so it took took a couple months to sell, came down from 165 to 120. Cash required because it was not move-in ready. Like, mm -hmm. And when I say move-in ready, I'm talking about what the bank might think. Like, no, literally, you can't live there like that. Like, <laughs> there's no furnace or the plumbing doesn't work. Well, I mean, it says electricity and water were not on. So, so the, there could be major issues there. And it used to be in the, in the day you could have them turned on for an inspection. 
in the backyard, you're just steps. Like, literally, you can run to the back of your yard and lean up against the Uniroyal factory. Uh, Uniroyal, the manufacturer of Naugahyde. Are you familiar? No. Like a, like vinyl for car seats. Oh, nice. Naugahyde was a, was a marketing term for a, for a faux leather product. Mm. And it was sustainable because it was, it was from the, the hide of, of the Naga was like a pretend mm. little animal that shed. Oh, like a hodag. It, very similar in appearance, <laughs> but the Naga was like you, you could use its hide and it didn't hurt the animal. Mm. And then you could make car seats out of it. Nice from Nagatuck. There's oh. a little. There's a little uh, outside of the 608 geography lesson for you there. Wow. But anyway, so there you go. Um, pretty, pretty ugly backyard scene. But 120 downtown uh, ish Stoughton. Yeah, it'll make a nice rental for somebody, or even a modest. Owner-occupied home, if you if you don't mind the the factory right there. Yeah, I mean this home in the sassy neighborhood probably would sell for three hundred to three fifty, depending on what's about, all wrong. With I don't it. know about as is condition. <laughs> this house though would have sold for two hundred and fifty. Hey, I sold a real up as against, is bad condition for three hundred last year, so I would say maybe three twenty five with Kip in the backyard. See, this is really this is the <laughs> Stoughton version of Kip Corp. More with Kip in the back. <laughs> All right. So most ex- most expensive. Oh my God. Yeah, we talk about a swing of the pendulum. Big swing. So this one sold for three point eight million. Originally listed for three point three million. Had a lot of competition. Um, this just closed in November. Here, it was a cash offer. No, excuse me. It was cash. In the offer, but it closed with financing. Correct. So that's that's an offer that is not contingent on financing and could be cash in a worst case scenario, but they went ahead and financed it uh, as a convenience to the buyer. Yep. And they say there's 140 feet of waterfront, which is a lot. That's a lot. That's like um, three city lots wide. That's it's quite a bit. And they said that this iconic home has hosted President Obama. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Did you read that? I didn't get that far into like like what what's that worth? Is that what the extra five hundred k was Well, it really depends on who you're asking. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if this seller was a political player. I didn't look up the name. I mean, but, it does say licensee interest, so I think this seller actually might be in real estate. But it was not Kelda. Who is in real estate? Kelda and Royce. politics. Kelda Royce, list agent in politics and real estate. Sen- yep. Senator. Maybe she brought Obama. Lady Senator. I wonder if they all know one another. Maybe. Anyways, this home has a lot of like old world feel to it mixed yeah. with a tiny bit of modern. Yeah. It's built, I didn't really care for it. It's built in it. 1999 and it looks like an English <laughs> cottage. It almost kind of reminded me of some of the weird kind of like scenery at, at Epic. Yeah. I, I actually think it would be great to take this home and like really modernize it. Some of it was really cool, like the old reclaimed beams, but the rest of it felt like a lot of very 90s touches. It, it really needs to be overhauled. Yeah, so, if you, so, you know, that $3.8 million price, I hope you left a little in your pocket to <laughs> take some care of some of those issues that Asher has with your I've home. I've got some issues. But um, 
It's a great property, and I love the lighthouse on top, third floor lighthouse. Nice. <laughs> so that, that assessed value is going to go from 1.9 to 3.8. Really quick. I don't even want to know what the taxes are going to be. That That's what, that's when I start to feel like a real poor person is when I well, can't afford at, the taxes. At 1.9, they were being taxed at 38000 a year. <laughs> So we could just probably double that. Yeah, pretty, well, you could literally double that. That's yep. what you'd end up with. It. Oh, my goodness. So about 80. You know, so I would have a job to pay the taxes, and then I would need, the, need a wealthy partner so we could keep the lights on. All right. Thank you very much, Azure. A sl- slow volume month? What could be, I'm guessing, a contender for most expensive listing of the year, mm-hmm. maybe even biggest at 7,500 square feet. I don't know what we've seen uh, size-wise thus far, but we'll find out maybe next month, as soon as next month in our end-of-year summary oh, yeah. uh, episode. All right. Thank you. Have a, We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ben. Boy, I want to keep you. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. We're going to open this segment of the program with a correction, (laughs) a retraction, if you will. Ben is not always right. Ben is not always right, and he doesn't, and Mad City Chicken, or Madtown Chicken, closed. (laughs) I knew I I was misnaming it because the chicken that I recall was from a different restaurant before Madtown, but I thought that'd be okay. But I have been corrected. It may or may is it Peruvian now? Uh, it's Silk Road Restaurant. Silk Road, the former Taco Bell adjacent, the Dig and Save is the Silk Road Restaurant. No longer fried chicken. You might have to go to Natty's, which is the closest fried chicken to there now that I know of, and I'd be relatively confident they're still open on Belled Street. Decent Mexican as well as fried chicken. You just know where all the fried chicken places are in Madison? I, Or you could go down to JD's Taste of Chicago at Rimrock by the title company. Also a good bet for some fried things. I like fried things. So, yes, I... I no, fried is the best. I do know where a good amount of them can be picked up. All right. <laughs> so here we are. Saint Vin- it's, uh, so we've got, we've got John Cobb here from St. Vincent de Paul. Um, we're real estate adjacent a little bit this month, um, but we're going to try to draw some connections into, like, like why would someone uh, think of St. Vincent's? Uh, maybe first this time of year, I think, would be a good, um, good reason to think about St. Vincent's. It's when a lot of people get benevolent or generous or find time, mm-hmm. extra time either in their resources or their finances. Um, but also think about, I wanted to start acknowledging the work that that St. Vincent de Paul does for people n- probably not listening to Real Estate in the 608, which is a program for people who already have a home. Tell us a little bit of, or remind us a little bit about the work that St. Vincent does for people that, that don't have a home. Sure. So Vinny's does all different kind of things in the community. Um, one thing that I, I definitely want to point out is the revitalization of our Seton program. Um, you know, this is something that's just kicked off, in which case uh, we're focusing on people that are just getting into a home or in a, a kind of a housing crisis situation to help give them the tools to not get back into that situation, whether it's financial assistance, um, uh, 
otherwise, um, we'll do a lot of uh, coaching and one-on-ones with these families, in which case we we work with them to give them the tools that they need um, to pr- uh, avoid getting back into a crisis situation or to help leverage them into more positive um, moves in their housing. So that's something so that te- we're doing. So the, the Seton, is that a name I should know? Um, it's a, after Elizabeth Ann Seton. She's, oh, I'm, I'm, I should know my history here. Um, it's after uh, a nun from uh, St. Vincent to Paul um, in affiliation with our organization. So we've named this program after her, um, in which case it's in, in the in the uh, spirit of, of helping. So we think when we hear St. Vincent, we think uh, retail location and yeah. thrift. But what you're telling me is one of the most important things you do is almost more of a social work background. Um, this is something that we just uh, we've kind of transitioned into for the Seton program. Before it was the Seton Housing Program, in which case we actually um, were ha- were ha- running a housing program. We had a bunch of different unit units on the east side of Madison, in which case we provided um, uh, places for um, single women and single women with children to have a place. Um, now we're transi- transitioning this more into a program that is working directly with them. Instead of providing the housing, we're going to start utilizing tools to work um, with the families themselves to um, give them the things that they need uh, to support them in getting out of difficult housing situations or give them the things that they need um, to get the housing that that they need. And is that based on, I saw uh, that the the home visit was a tradition uh, of the St. Vincent de Paul programs as early as like early 1800s. Is that kind of a continuation of that idea? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one thing to talk about is that is the root of our organization is our home visit. Um, We started back in 1833 in Paris, France, and founded by a a man named Frederick Ozenam, um, in which case the whole spirit of getting into the people that need assistance um, we'll actually send volunteers out into the community's homes um, once they request that service, and then those volunteers will sit down with the family and actively figure out the things that, that we can assist them with, whether it's um, clothing, furniture, prescription medication, energy assistance. Maybe they need they have a certain type of um, financial challenge, like a, a, a car loan um, that might be a difficult thing, or a, a broken car. Something that we just started doing is our micro lending program, um, in which cases where we're providing um, very low interest-free um, loans to the community, um, in which case it could be anywhere from like 500 up to a couple thousand dollars to help people get out of difficult situations like payday loans, or maybe they have an unexpected financial um, thing come up like a broken car. So we'll, um, that's something that we actually just started, and we've had our first successful few loans um, in the last couple weeks, so that's really great. While, while there is a lot that happens that is not uh, retail, uh, I did mention the dig and save um, <laughs> as we talked about the, the restaurant on South Park and it, it being adjacent. I want everyone to know, I think that's, that's a location or a retail situation that I don't think everyone's aware of. Um, unfortunately, no. I think all of the regulars of that location will tell you to everybody to be quiet and not talk about Dig and Save. <laughs> um, but uh, all the regulars know me very well, and they know that um, I'm all about promoting Dig and Save and letting people understand the, ca- the, the whole purpose behind Dig and Save. So one thing that separates Dig and Save from our regular thrift stores is that when you walk into our regular thrift stores, all of our clothing's individually priced. It's on racks. It's on shelves. It's all nice and neat, organized in sections. 
Dig and save, not so much. All the clothing is just loose in these bins. We like to call them Legos, um, in which case you just dig through them and decide what uh, what you want to get. And it's kind of like a thrift store with a candy store mentality. Everything's just weighed and sold by the pound. Um, so the clothing's going out um, by the pound. And then if you step into the, and I'm sorry, the soft lines by clothing and linens and accessories are in the front room. And then if you get into the second room, it's all hard lines material. So these big, huge blue sleigh tables um, and on the left side, it's all unbreakable items, and on the right side, it's all breakable items, and this is all sold by the pound as well. Um, and it's it, it, it's crazy. It's fresh inventory is rolled out every single day, almost on the hour. When we open that store, we'll have close to. Th- 50 people in line we just had our annual one dollar coat sale that we do the first thursday um, of each november of the year in which case we had over 330 people in line wow we sold 8500 dollar coats our opening day see that's because the coats get kind of heavy right those <laughs> might on a regular day those might cost you two or three bucks yeah oh absolutely but, but on that coats, one yeah. that one day a year of the dollar coat sale now does it is is the dig and save where inventory from other retail locations goes to die, um, or does inventory ever end up there first? Uh, Die is not the word I would use. I think that <laughs> well, what ends up happening is that all the thrift stores will, when you donate to St. Vincent de Paul, all the donations come back to our processing center. Our processing center has a team of about 75 employees that go ahead and sift through all the donations. Immediately, our processing workers will decide what's good enough to go to our regular stores, which will be our six out of seven, those typical thrift, or they'll decide, eh, maybe not the best quality. Let's give it a chance at the at the um, outlet store, which is Dig and save, or they'll make the decision if we have to recycle our waste right off the bat. Um, so there's those three decisions to make. So what comes from di- what the inventory that Dig and Save receives is either directly from the processing center of a low quality, um, a lower quality that we would sell on a regular, or it would be, as you said, pulled merchandise from our regular thrift stores that hasn't sold after about a being in the store for about a month. Yeah, and that's based on you know like the color of the tag, like and you no, not at St. Vincent de Paul of I Madison. Thought, that well, you are you are showing your true colors of being a thrift shopper. That is usually when you step into a thrift shopping experience. There is a color rag, a color tag rotation, in which case each week a color tag is marked down. Here at St. Vincent de Paul um, of Dane County, we do not do that type of markdown. We actually run more of uh, flash sales and figure out you know if we have too many jeans, we'll. Put the jeans on sale. If we have too much furniture, we'll put the furniture on sale. Um, A a big part of why we do that is because we have so much volume of donations that we like to pull the things that um, that have been on the on the floor for that have been on the floor for too long. So usually the color tag rotation system is kind of a set it and forget it theory. Um, We are our uh, our thrift store staff are very engaged and and knowing what's been out and what hasn't been out. So that we're constantly working on keeping our uh, our thrift stores full of fresh product. How does this staff price items then? Sure. So, I mean, like, are they... 
they know the brands. <laughs> they know what yeah, things are yeah, more popular. Yeah, these are, yeah, so that's a typical question. Absolutely. Um, we all, we're all, when we all go to a thrift store, we're looking for that mismarked item, right? <laughs> like, um, so basically, uh, as I had said before, we have a processing center, in which case we have a production team um, that are very experienced. Uh, we'll go through a whole training program to get them to where they need to be to understand, like you'd said, brands, quality, um, but also what's currently in trend. You know, something might be worth, you know, if selling a good example would be Christmas items. I can sell a Christmas tree for a good amount of money at this time of year during November, December versus trying to sell a Christmas tree in the thing of June, you know. So um, also understanding trends of when things are are worth more um, and saving those for the right time of year, too. So we have a really good training program. Um, Our management team will play anything from prices right with the staff, but also do kind of like we'll we'll encourage inserts from the newspapers and I'll encourage the staff to go out to regular retail and shop so that they can see the difference between a mainstay pot and pan and a Williams-Sonoma pot and pan set. Mm. Oh, for God's sakes, we do not need any main state <laughs> is that is that a walmart brand yeah yes sir yes sir okay <laughs> well while we're on the topic <laughs> does the receiving end of things do they ever have to deal with anything like cockroaches bed bugs mm. it, that's an interesting question it's something that comes up quite a bit and it's it we're almost numb to it in the thrift world of <laughs> course these are things that come up um luckily the environment that we're in those types of things really um uh, breed in households where we keep our donations is more of a big warehouse environment and it's not something that's actually going to be very good for those types of things so when we um but we also run a, a really clean clean um, production area, you know, monthly exterminators coming in, checking for things. Oh, that's great. Um, If we... If we see this concern, obviously it's an immediate trash. Staff are very knowledgeable in knowing what to look for in that. Um, but I assure people that is not a concern that we have at St. Vincent de Paul. Um, that all the clothes, everything that in the furniture, everything's inspected before it's placed on the floor for sale. That's great. I love yeah. that. That was Asher wanted to ask that one, and, I was and Ben like, was like, "I don't know if we should." I don't, well, I'll tell I, you that, that question. What if we don't like the answer to it? Uh, <laughs> that question is definitely one that we'll get um, occasionally, and, and and it's it's really I think it's more of. Oh, people's used stuff. It's coming from the pool of the entire county. Um, where could it be coming from? But again, I just ass- I assure everybody that we just don't take items out of a bag and put them right onto our floor. We have a whole team of workers that go through it, look through it, do the quality inspection, do the do the good, better, best pricing, in which case we price in different tiers and then send it out to the thrift store. So there's so much um, engagement with the, uh, the actual donation before that would think it to our floor so and i i think it's it's good to think about you know we're talking i'm trying to find ways to tie this into the real estate into the frequent moving um and so we're talking about where this stuff comes from that's one thing we just talked about one of the places these that that i think maybe even you can tell me some of your some of the good stuff (laughs) um how often do you find people downsizing or Moving and calling on your what I believe, tell me correct or wrong, but your free pickup. Yeah, free home pickups. Free home pickups. So how much of the good stuff comes from people that are <laughs> in the sales process, uh, maybe even prepping for sale? Mm-hmm. We've talked sure. a lot with our stagers and, and designers about lightening the load. 
Yeah, yeah. How much go- how much really good stuff do you get from people that are likely planning on selling or downsizing and then call your truck? Yeah, we get a lot of great stuff through our fr- uh, free home pickup program. Um, we also get a lot of free, uh, really good stuff through our donation drive-throughs in our uh, in our stores. Um, also, we get great stuff through our you know whether our churches are running bundle Sundays or we get great stuff from all over. But to talk about the home pickup program, that's where you'll see a lot of the furniture that's getting delivered and you'll see a lot of that really unique stuff coming in. Um, but yeah, I think that free home pickup program is definitely catering to people that are moving quickly. Um, or if they're trying to, um, We'll also hear from people that are selling their homes and they're like, oh, we're, we, we want to make this transition really fast and we're actually going to be out of town. So we're just going to put all of the donations in the garage and then you guys come and grab them. So those types of things are happening, too. But absolutely tons of great um, quality donations coming from the home pickup program. And I think that, you know, the fact that maybe some older statesmen or some of the elderly people downsizing or, you know, uh, the big houses, sure. you know, we should also think about at the other end of that spectrum, our young people. I, I almost have said like myself. Young yeah, people. right. <laughs> Young, young people. I'm there. Young people I'm like it. us, you know, like like young like people. Like us collectively, all like of us, our ages. Us Absolutely. three here, <laughs> divided by three <laughs> minus seven. Yeah. Um, we are nearly the same age, for reference. Ben Sweet. is... Asher and, Asher and John are about the same age. Cool. I am not... I'm old. I, I, uh, I don't put yourself in that I group, don't, man. Old I don't old. know that I could pass for a spirited, young, first-time home buyer. No. Uh, but I do. But you could tell that I shop thrift. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you let out, you let it out. Yeah. Right, so, <laughs> anyway, I think I think thrift, thrift, a place like St. Vinny's, perfect place to outfit your home when you yeah. when you're setting oh, up for when sure. you're setting up shop. Yeah. For sure. Or here, let's say you got divorced. That's recent enough, right? Like, I had to set up the whole damn house. Right. You don't think I went to St. Benny's? Right. What's cool about that, too, is that when you go and shop at a thrift store, you can actually let your own personality come out into your home. You're not going into Target. I don't even like mentioning the big box names. Or they style a whole room and just say, buy everything in this room. And then you walk in, you're like, everything's brown and turquoise. You know? Like, like everything's the same thing. You go to your friend's house, they have the same throw pillow. You know? But at Vinny's, you can totally have things from just all over. And that's what's beautiful about Dane County, is that we take donuts... such a diverse community that we get when we get donations we get all different kinds of stuff it's not just walmart and target we get stuff that's donated that could be brought over here from europe from families that are moving here to relocate for jobs you yeah know? So, and not just from all over but from whenever yeah, yeah. that is a big one and i think that uh, if you shop our willie street location this is a location where we actually stock a lot of our vintage clothing items and the crew there are constantly putting that out and um my even just over the last year when me and my wife were downtown for Willie Street Fair, she's like, do you notice all the Willie, like, all the vintage clothing people are wearing? I'm like, yep. They got it at Minis. <laughs> you, know, you know the trends. <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting to see that. Shopping thrift for your new home. I mean, think, think about all the trash that people create when they, when they buy a new house. 
Right. Oh, it's I like did it myself. Or when you move, well, in the carbon when the footprint. recycling box, like, when the recycling container is full for two weeks because of all the new stuff you bought. Well, and mm-hmm. and those things being shipped from all over the world to you. Yeah, yeah. You're, it really could be an environmentally conscious, low carbon footprint opportunity to outfit your house. Oh, I strongly suggest that. I mean, is and and it just it's discouraging to see the Amazon trucks, and it's discouraging to see this because I, uh, ever since I started with Vinny's, I'm such a reduce, reuse, recycle kind of guy. And I really want people to understand the importance of um, not the single-use plastics, the items that are not productive for our environment. Um, But we also feel it when we go to the retail stores. When we go and buy a toaster, it's not a toaster that's going to last us 15 years like when we were kids. Now we buy a toaster, we're lucky to get two years out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, everything's just the quality has changed from good quality made items to oil-based products. And we see that in thrift, um, too, because the more and more as time goes by, the more those older, cool items are being circulated through. So, One of, one of the things, um, a little shout-out to Eric Fleming. Hi, Eric's a great guy. Um, Eric and I uh, sold radio advertising together. Sure. And Eric now works with you in your communications department yep. or something mm-hmm. like you, that. You got it, yep. And, uh, and, he, and he gave me a little... Like, little Topic, little topic starters. That sounds idea. like Eric. Like he's, always, little, he's always ahead of the call. He's, he's very and this, good. This one is this one is like I kind of thought like, oh, isn't that that is so Eric? Um, talking about the importance of when you move, mm. um, becoming established in your new community and and meeting people and and giving back and talking yeah. about the way that a St. Vincent's and some volunteer opportunities you oh, offer absolutely. might be a good way for someone who has just relocated to yeah. involve themselves in the community through a through a charity. Tell us about tell us about what what a someone new to the area who's looking to meet people and help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wh- how does that work? Tell me about yeah. that. So if um if you're new to the area or in the area and you're not sure and you're looking for something to do or keep busy, you know, volunteering for St. Vincent de Paul is an amazing opportunity. Because you work with us as an organization to assist our neighbors in need. Um, we're always looking for volunteers at our food pantry, in which cases our food pantry you know, can help up to 200 families a day through our drive through food pantry. Um, those things that you could be assisting with is running food to the cars, helping pack the boxes that are actually handed out to the families. This with is those every foods. day you do this? Um, more, not every day, but I think the drive, I think it's three days a, three days a week uh, in, during the week. And then now we're talking about Saturdays as well. And this is something that one of your in-home visitors would have connected someone with or explained? It it could have, yeah. Or people could just know about the food pantry and they might not be doing a home visit. They just might be utilizing our food pantry. Um, There's all different types of services that they could be utilizing. It's the same thing as a food pantry user um, might not be utilizing our clothing voucher program, but our food pantry user might be utilizing our free pharmacy. There's, there's all kinds of things I don't even know about. I know about <laughs> I know about the furniture vouchers. Yep. Because through a through a Madison school uh, social worker, I, sure. I I made a connection with a family and helped them. You know, the guy with the truck. That's me sometimes. Cool. Um, but see, I don't. I didn't even know that that St. Vincent's has a has a food pantry any day. Uh, Asher and I spoke earlier about. Um, 
the Goodman Center has mm-hmm. this giant has a food pantry all year long, yeah. but a giant drive here as the Thanksgiving baskets and trying to help as many as a thousand families prepare for that single holiday. Uh, Asher and I will be out next Monday, about just about the time everybody's listening to this or when the episode drops. Uh, running <laughs> running to cars and doing that physical so cool. that physical uh, connecting part of it. But uh, what a, aside from week, you know, what sounds like any, any day of the week, uh, food pantry, um, volunteering, what other opportunities are there? Yeah. So some of the things that you could definitely do is, uh, of course, monetary donations are a huge push for us. Um, that's, that's what helps sustain our programs. Um, donating to St. Vincent de Paul is such a, not only a feel good, but it directly goes back right into our community. Um, so that's a big push for us for sure, especially as we get into the holiday season. Um, also making those donations, uh, for the heart, for the, uh, in our thrift stores to fuel our thrift stores is important, but our main volunteer, uh, opportunities are within our food pantry. Um, but then there's also, of course, employment opportunities and working for St. Vincent de Paul and working at any of our thrift stores, because I think that that's a little bit of a buzz, too, <laughs> you know, is that um, when you start working for Vinny's, uh, me and my uh, senior director like to say you, you get bit by the Vinny's bug. Uh, you know, I didn't. And, Not and, a bed bug. And, uh, <laughs> you're going to keep <laughs> looping it back around, aren't you? It's a, <laughs> that's OK. Um, but uh, no, it, it, you, you kind of end up in a you're addicted to it because not only only is you're working in a really cool environment with cool stuff, but also you are being a part of something um, that is directly impacting your community in such a positive way. So, so maybe I'm trying to put a bow on this or had like a like, sure. a, like a closure end of day feeling. It is the say the the the, uh, the donation and then resale of the goods is what provides St. Vincent's with the money and income they need to provide the food pantry and the social service like services, mm-hmm. and that it all just kind of comes together in one relatively clean package. Is that is that about right? You're close to that. Yeah, I mean the the thrift stores are definitely a huge part of what drives our organization. They they support our mission to help our neighbors in need. Absolutely. Um, but also there's a, a lot of donations that come in just from the community directly to us. Um, people will make donations just specifically like, hey, here's a donation just for your pharmacy, for your free pharmacy. Here's a donation that we want you to utilize just for your food pantry. Otherwise, we'll just get direct donations for our organization as a whole. Um, so yeah, but but what you're saying, absolutely. The last year, um, you know, we our thrift store has brought in over um, fifteen million dollars in revenue, and that goes directly back to not only provide um, to help to fuel all of our local programs, but also pay all of our staff and provide over almost three hundred jobs in the community. I would like to hear just a little bit more about the free pharmacy because sure. that's again something I did not know about. Sure, absolutely. Is someone? I mean, I. I don't want to complain about my health insurance because I have health insurance. Sure, I just have to pay. You know, like I pay, I pay for it. So I, so right, so like, so, but that's something that people are passionate about, mm. and and I have access to it, so I can't really complain. Mm. But it it might be a place that someone like me or anyone really might want to see their dollars go. Like that is because it is frustrating and makes people angry. Mm. And I think that being able to 
act specifically on one of those things that makes you angry. Yeah, like sure. that might that might be great. Like because yeah. I want if I want to close with your telling like where can I send my money? Sure. And how can I do that easily? But but this one might might touch a heart might tug tug a heartstring for people yeah. who are angry about healthcare. Um, yeah. What what is St. Vincent's doing to make that more affordable and accessible to folks? Sure. So we have a um, the state's first free um, pharmacy. Um, I oh, I'm, my. Executive director is not going to be happy with me for not knowing the exact year that we opened the pharmacy, um, but uh, we've—it's been open for over five years now. In which case, we are providing free medications to our community, um, and these types of medications are the ones that really hit home. You know, blood pressure medication, diabetes medications, mental illness medications—the um, the things that really can be expensive, but also crucial to people um, living a normal life. Um, so this, and again. I, I emphasize this. It's a free pharmacy. You'll set up your appointment. You'll come in. You'll actually see a pharmacist. You'll have a check-in. You'll go through everything you would as you would in, at any pharmacy. And then you'll get your prescription filled for free at St. Vincent de Paul. As I said, this is our target. A listener may not be someone struggling with the housing. Um I'm hoping that they that that our target listener is people that are comfortable in their housing and now know more about it because that's what we do, um, and maybe this time of year thinking about getting out the checkbook. Absolutely, and that's such a boomer thing for me. Like thinking about the Venmo, the thing they're just the checkbook. Think, they're thinking about they're thinking about being generous with some of their finances. Uh, how how could they connect with St. Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, svdpmadison.org is definitely going to be a huge one. Going directly to our website, um, clicking through the links there, and figuring out how you know not only to make your donation, but find out all about our organization. Find out about all the good things that we're doing as, as I've kind of sat here and brought light to some things that you guys weren't even aware of. Unaware. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that is a huge thing is utilizing um, our website to do so. But also a big one there is um, you can you can give us a call too. You can call us at, uh, you know, our free home pickup number or you can directly call our food pantry. We have wonderful receptionists that will take the time to, to speak with you and explain our programs. Or, of course, as the store director, I'm going to tell you to head into our thrift stores. Go directly into our thrift stores and talk right with one of our associates. They'll tell you all about all the great things we're doing, and they'll get you the they'll get you the information you need so that you can make that donation. But again, the website is going to be a big push for that, um, especially as we get into the season right now um, for giving. You know that that's something that we're all thinking about um, with all the different drives that we do. And of course, like you had said earlier, um, last uh, it was actually on Monday. I was just in the, our food pantry drive through and I was handing out turkeys and hams and through all the cars that were coming through because right now we're doing our, our um, Thanksgiving bundles too. So it's a really cool, it's, a, it, it's, it's not only an amazing experience, but it's, it's just really good to see how we can, uh, people's donations can directly affect the community we live in. And th I think that's something to talk about is how, what separates us um, from our competitors. I think that everybody, um, every, everybody's great, and I think all nonprofits are good for the right reasons. But one thing that's awesome about St. Vinny's is it directly affects your community. Everything that you does donated in Dane County stays in Dane County. And that's and I think that's a big part of why our community loves us so much. That's why we have seven area thrift stores that are always so busy and <laughs> you know and our pantry is always booming with and with helping people but also with lots of volunteers. Um, but we're always needing need more volunteers too. So 
All right. Well, thank awesome. you. Thank you so much, John, for your time. We've talked, uh, uh, we've learned a little bit about what goes on behind the curtain. And I, and I know <laughs> sure. there's, I can think of one listener in particular, maybe two, that are going to enjoy that kind of uh, information more than, than the real estate stuff. But we've also talked, if you are, if you are selling, think about St. Vincent's and their free pickup. If you are buying and you need to get into your new house and set up a new space, think about not getting it in a cardboard box or from Amazon, but getting something with style. Yeah, uh, and, and that was probably made better than whatever mm-hmm. you could buy today. Uh, and then also, as you look for opportunities to give of your time, um, think about things like the St. Vincent's Food Pantry and the work that they do there. Um, and like... And and if you're going to give of your of yourself and your money, do some homework on the St. Vincent de Paul SVDP.org um, and learn about all that they're doing. You might you might find that the farm free pharmacy program is something that you really think is awesome uh, and, and, yeah. and it might cause you to open your wallet a little bit further and it's the time of year to do so. So thank you again, John, for your time. We have found several ways that St. Vincent's can help us on our real estate journey. And I'm hoping a couple ways for some of our listeners to help you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was, it was a blast. All right. Have a great day. And thank you again. And I, I know you were fun. (laughs) He's fun. (laughs) Yay. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling and Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Will we remember Tuesday, November 14, 2023, as a watershed moment in the fight against inflation? Will we remember it as freedom from the Fed day? Markets seem to think so. On the day in question, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics published inflation data for October. The report showed headline inflation flat month to month and up 3.2% year over year, lower than expectations for plus 0.1% and plus 3.3% respectively. In the immediate aftermath, we saw the S&P 500 gap higher on the way to a 2.2% gain on the week. We saw the yield on 10-year treasuries drop to 4.4%, the lowest level since September. We saw the U.S. dollar give up 1.6%. Throw in softer-than-expected labor figures posted earlier in the month, and we have a growing belief that the Fed will no longer need to raise interest rates. And futures markets even think rates will actually begin to move lower by the second quarter of next year. I'm not sure I'd buy the case for lower rates anytime soon, and I'm not sure we're out of the woods economically, but the narrative around interest rates is shifting decisively. That's likely good news for real estate markets that have been grappling with rate worries for the past several months. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My friend Ben, I've got one question for you. What was that? That was everything we promised and a little bit more. Because I'd promised we'd talk about the ways that St. Vincent de Paul might play a role in your lives. 
when buying, when selling, or when trying yeah. to to establish yourself as a as like a a decent part of your local community. But <laughs> we also learned some we also learned some like I think like insider info, like about the dig and save and about yeah. how they operate some of their their sales and how they how they keep the inventory fresh and how you're going to find the best values at the best times of year. I think I don't know. Yeah. I felt like as as much as I was like we really need to focus on the real estate stuff because this is a podcast about real estate. Maybe maybe podcast idea number 2 <laughs> like how, how do they do it? How <laughs> does the thrift sale like how does the how does it work? Like really, like when am I gonna? What day of the week am I gonna find the best value? Like that might be a thing. People might enjoy right. that. But anyway, sure. it was a great time with John Cobb, who did, who had, I, you know, I asked, I asked our guests uh, to share a little bit about their their lives and their 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 origin stories here in Madison. And uh, and John, uh, a native Madisonian, had some great stuff. We were able, I was able to work in uh, Rocky Rococos and uh, <laughs> and the Oak Hill. See, that's a lot of people don't know that was two college guys that dreamt it up, 1974. From Madison, that's where that's where Rocky Rococo lived, um, and then uh, Oak Hill Correctional Institution. That's another one. Yeah. Did you know Hello. that that was? A, did you did you know before today that that was a home for, a school for girls? I didn't know the connection. I always thought that was uh, a facility for folks. Well, it is, and it turns out that a lot of people are that, and a lot of people. But uh, John, as part of his work at St. Vincent's, was able to create uh, like like day labor or uh, kind of Huber Huber labor opportunities for some of the people that were uh, that were. What do they call it? Stationed at Oak Hill, um, and then create job opportunities for them once they were released. But no, and so yeah. so a local guy, lots of good questions, and uh, and he and he got the bell rung three times. So I was super proud of him. But uh, right. great time, good information, a little bit about real estate, but also about ways that you can help at svdp.org. Uh, and more ways to help if you want to open your wallet. I, I learned a lot about their food uh, pantry as well as their free pharmacy. Didn't even know about that. So anyway. Right doing, some, doing some good in the community. So, so that's sure. all fantastic. And uh, I thank uh, John for joining us. Adam for making this sound beautiful, Asher for for dropping their wisdom, uh, and then you obviously and Eric, Joseph. <laughs> Maybe soon to be one of the musicians and bands. Soon to be one of the musicians uh, for listening. And uh, and let's thank those musicians. Uh, Renclaw, Eldonk, Oak Street Ramblers. Our friend Bob Westfall, Seesaw, and the Mad City Junk Band. And again, to all of our listeners, as we get to that time of year, when we say thank you for everything and over and over again, thank you. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a 
schoolyard fight, I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking names, and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. Singing you this waiting song. 